It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NBA fanatic, the NBA guru, Jay Smoove. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NBA Friday, Jay Smoove and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover, uh, we'll cover two games for you. I'm going to go ahead and cover the Clippers at the Sixers. And the Knicks at the Mavericks. First line of business here, Smooth. We're going to go back to the Nets and the 76ers result from Wednesday night. We gave out two picks. Actually, let me correct myself. You gave out a pick. I gave out a pick. I gave out a bad one. I gave out the Bulls. That game wasn't even close. That was just a a flat-out loser. So uh, I'll I'll take ownership for that one. And then you and I, we kind of really jumped on the Sixers, you know, against the Nets and you know, that was a game in which, you know, Philadelphia controlled, I would say, you know, 8 to 14 points for pretty much the majority of the game. And uh, they ended up sitting Kyrie in the fourth quarter. Kyrie actually had a, a pretty big game, but uh, Philly ends up not being able to cover that game. The reserves for the Nets came in. They played really well. They really pushed, you know, Philly to the brink. But um, that was a game that kind of just soured me. You know, we were going back and forth a little bit on Twitter watching the game. Like, I just felt like I felt like we had a really, really solid bet there. You know, the fact that we gave that one out at minus six and a half, KD got ruled out. That line closes nine, you know, Philly at home, you know, with no KD, no Harden, and Kyrie being out there. And the fact that he didn't play the fourth quarter, it just didn't sit well with me. Uh, Simmons and Cormats ended up missing free throws there late. And that really was a decider because we probably, you know, more than likely would have covered the game had those guys hit, you know, just one more free throw. But, uh, it looked like a lackluster effort there by the 76ers late in that game. But I think one of the things we certainly have to talk about with the Nets is the fact that, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is up and retired today uh, because of health concerns. Uh, it seemed like he kind of just pulled the plug there smooth, you know, more concerned for his health. And look, I mean, that guy's had a great career, you know, at one time. Um, he was a dominant force in this league. I don't know what you think, you know, necessarily with, with the Nets, with, you know, Aldridge stepping out of there. But I felt like, like that could be something that they really needed. It was a it was a component of that team that that I felt like it was probably going to be needed. You know, come playoff time, that you know it's going to end up missing now. Uh, but how do you feel about the Aldridge, you know, retirement? And then if you want to swing back and talk a little bit about that seventy sixers Nets game, I know you were a little bit upset about that one as well. So you can go ahead and you can talk about that stuff. Yeah, that was uh, obviously a tough one to lose. I uh, felt that we was on the right side, had a strong handicap for it. Um, for the people that like a lot of closing line value, we definitely had a lot of it, uh, giving out six and a half and the closing at nine once KD was uh, ruled out that you mentioned. And then just watching that game a little bit back and forth because Kyrie was having a, a great game. But, you know, Philly was still able to be in control and then they really took control of it in the second half up by as much as 20-plus points, you know, in the fourth quarter alone. And just kind of, you know, not kind of, but took the foot off the gas. And, you know, the Nets reserve just kept playing hard and, you know, ended up losing, like you mentioned, a couple of free throws blown late by, you know, one by Simmons and one by uh, Corkmans. Uh, but, yeah, it was a real tough one to lose. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, if I'm, you know, on a on the losing side, I'd much rather would have a, have a loss like that Bulls ticket versus, you know, having something that looking that looks like it's going to be a good cash 
uh, with that Sixers ticket, but ended up, you know, not uh, not cashing by half a point, you know, from a missed free throw, a couple missed free throws late. But uh, the Aldridge news, um, I think it, I think it hurts them a little bit more than anticipated. He brings a lot of versatility when he's healthy, you know, to that roster. I think that's what they were kind of expected and counting on, uh, not to have any type of uh, holes in their roster. Uh, assuming, you know, all guys healthy, you know, with the big three, you know, Aldridge and maybe uh, a Blake Griffin or a Joe Harris out there that keeps the floor space. Um, I like DeAndre Jordan because he's more of a he's more of a presence um, on the on the, on the inside uh, from a defensive standpoint, uh, a big lob threat. But, you know, once they get into the playoffs and you're, you know, going to look to rely on DeAndre Jordan, um, could be tough coming down the stretch of games. Uh, in crunch time in games, you know, he's not that reliable from the free throw line, and he doesn't bring a lot of, you know, uh, versatility that Lamarcus Aldridge brings, um, as far as being a guy that could, you know, step out and hit that, you know, that mid range uh, jumper, you know, either from 15 to 17 feet out, uh, and towards the basket. He's a he was a good, uh, pick and pop presence, uh, pick and roll presence as well. A uh, nice touch around the rim, um, multiple-time All-Star, multiple-time All-NBA player throughout his career. Really, you know, made his name and uh, his reputation was, you know, well-earned from his days in, in Portland. But he also has some some great years statistically-wise. Uh, when he was in San Antonio, they weren't as much of a, a legit title threat, you know, or the year that Kawhi got hurt in the Western Conference Finals with the Warriors. Then uh, I think the year after that, Kawhi, you know, was left or traded. They really wasn't much of a threat to win a title ever since then. But, you know, he obviously was one of the most respected, you know, players at his position for his career. So I think with the Nets, you know, moving on without him, I think they was kind of, you know, counting on him, to, you know, to bring, you know, bring something uh, to the to the team that, you know, their other bigs quite, didn't quite bring, you know, outside the exception of a, maybe a Blake Griffin, you know, if he can stay healthy. But I think it, I think it might hurt a little bit them moving on without him. But obviously, it has to do what's best for him, and uh, his health is uh, obviously a much more greater concern. So, you know, you never want to play around with something like that. And I think he even went back and mentioned just whether he wasn't, you know, looking or feeling quite like himself. The handful of games that he did play with the Nets, he's definitely making the right decision. You know, looking out for himself and his health, but it will help. It will hurt the Nets, you know, moving forward. You know, at least I think it will. I'm in agreement with you here with the Aldridge loss. I think that that, you know, was going to hurt. I'm going to say more more than anything. You know, like let's just say they had a matchup against Embiid. You know, the fact that Aldridge can go ahead and hit that mid range. You know, it's going to get Embiid. You know, out of the paint. It's going to get him away from the basket. And I don't. I, I feel like, you know, DeAndre. Like he's not going to be that. Like they're they're not going to respect a whole lot of his mid range game. You know, he's going to help you in the defensive end, you know, alley-oops. But I would far rather have, you know, a player like Aldridge. And, and, you know, you were talking about Kawhi. You were talking about, you know, the years with the Blazers. Like, you know, Aldridge was pretty close, you know, to going ahead and getting a ring with those teams. And I thought that, you know, maybe we would get like this, you know, extra effort from him, knowing that, you know, his career was kind of winding down, that this might have been, you know, the one time that he was going to be able to go ahead and get a ring. But, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, man, that, that, you know, things like that unfolded for him. Certainly, you know, a player I'll never forget. Now, you mentioned Kawhi. Clippers are going to be on the road here. They're going to play the Sixers. Sixers are going to be minus two and a half here. Uh, we don't have a total for this game. As of right now, 
Uh, it looks like Kawhi is going to be questionable for this game. I like Philly again, and, you know, it's it's not easy to pull the trigger, you know, on a team that kind of let you down, uh, especially at the free throw line with, you know, and, and just me, for me personally, Smooth, you know, when it comes to Simmons, you know, I respect him on the defensive end, but I just don't respect him a whole lot on the offensive end. And the fact that he let me down on the free throw line, it's just, you know, it's another – it's another feather in the cap for me to just, you know, kind of dislike Simmons. I thought that Philly made a made a mis- big mistake, you know, by not getting rid of him and trying to pick up Harden. Um, and, you know, we, we obviously what Harden's doing right now, I think he would have been a great mix, you know, for the Sixers. But getting back to the game, that you know, I do – I lean strong here towards Philly. More than likely, I'm probably going to play them. You know, the line's minus two and a half. And even though Philly got a big win, you know, versus the Nets – no, the Sixers, they kind of got drugged through the coals, you know, the next day um, after that win. And, and mostly it was because, you know, the 76ers didn't finish off that route of the Nets. You know, we, we know there were no Harden. There was no KD. And Kyrie didn't even play the fourth quarter. But, you know, the 76ers, they let the Nets go ahead and make that surge and actually cover that game. And, you know, the big talking point on ESPN, at least it was on first take the next morning, was, you know, quote, unquote, were you satisfied with the 76ers win? And, you know, that just, that kind of just made me, made me wonder, like, you know, if the Sixers are seeing that, that has to motivate them for this particular game to go ahead and close out, you know, another good team, you know, in the Clippers, I think they're going to come in here uh, full force. They're going to go ahead. They're going to play a full four quarters. And we know how good that team is at home. Now there is an injury concern here. For Philadelphia, it will be it will be with Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris right now listed as questionable, and Kawhi listed as questionable. But I do believe it's probably Kawhi out of the two players that is probably less likely to play. And look, if Kawhi's out, I think this line probably shoots up to Philly. I would say minus five, minus six. But I still like Philly, even if Kawhi plays. You know, laying two and a half points. So I don't know necessarily how you feel about this one, but I feel like. There's a good possibility that if we bet this now, that there's a really good chance we get a bargain price on Philly, especially if Tobias Harris plays and Kawhi's out. And we're going to end up with a Philly team that's going to put in a really big effort to go ahead and get another big home win, close out a good team, and to go ahead and say, you know what, the other night that was just kind of a, a little bit of a hiccup you know, against the Nets, especially against those reserve players. So I am a little hesitant you know, to go ahead and back Philly again. But I can't let, you know, a loss go ahead and, and keep me from making money. And I certainly believe Philly's the right side here. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Philly minus a two and a half. Smooth. How are you feeling about that Clippers and Sixers game? Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Um, back in the Sixers in this spot, uh, just a, a couple points to add on to what you already laid out there. Um, one thing that's uh, a bit of an not mentioned enough when it comes to handicapping the NBA is just the scheduling spot. So some teams are, you know, at a disadvantage versus teams, you know, that are at an advantage. And for this matchup, I think the Clippers are at a disadvantage with this being their third game in four days. They're, this is also the last game, you know, of a of a East Coast road trip. I think it's their, their, this is their fourth East Coast game. The market is going to be, uh, you know, looking to back, you know, the Clippers because of the win streak that they've been on lately and then seeing how the Sixers – uh, blew a 20 point lead, you know, to the, in the fourth quarter, um, to mostly, you know, Nets reserve in their last games and adding on also to the fact that, you know, Philly could have, you know, some more motivation for this matchup because of how they didn't close out the game, 
against the Nets in the headlines as far as, you know, could you, you know, be satisfied with this win? Um, also, you know, Doc Rivers, he was, he, you know, he took, you know, he was happy getting the win, but he didn't seem too satisfied with the Sixers uh, transition defense in that game. So even though they got the win, you know, those are also some things that coaches like Doc Rivers, you know, can use to, you know, get the attention of his team to focus a little bit more on, you know, moving forward, especially in their next game. Cause it's also another uh, ESPN primetime game against another top team out of the opposite conference where they could potentially see, you know, in the uh, finals if both teams come out also adding on to the, to the fact that, you know, if Kawhi sits, you know, Paul George has been playing really hot uh, uh, lately, but if Kawhi is uh, sits this game, um, that would mean that, you know, Ben Simmons would draw, you know, Paul George more uh, as far as a defensive matchup. And I think, you know, Ben Simmons is the best defender in the league. You know, he's really the one player, in my opinion, that guards one through five and does an elite job at it, him being as big as he is, as strong as he is, and as athletic as he is, and just the willingness to want to play defense, I think that would be a tough matchup for Paul George on the defensive end, you know, even though he's been playing, you know, really hot lately. And, you know, they could have some tired legs, you know, up against a scheduling disadvantage like they are right now. And then, you know, Joel Embiid, you know, him going for pretty much 40 points, you know, 15 rebounds in their last matchup. Um, the Clippers don't really pose a lot of size. You know, their biggest guy right now with Serge Ibaka out is um, uh, Zubak. That's a, a matchup that clearly favors Joel Embiid. Um, maybe you might see some DeMarcus Cousins in this game, but, you know, with him not really in the rotation or in the mix as much as I thought he would be once he was picked up, you know, you just have to give the edge to, to Embiid. And with his MVP campaign, you know, getting another look at him in primetime night, you know, he could be, you know, I think he's going to come out and be aggressive again. So even if uh, Tobias Harris sits, I think, you know, Embiid and Simmons, you know, would be able to provide, you know, a little bit more offense, um, you know, just enough offense, you know, to get the cover against the Clippers in this spot. You know, you brought up a few good points, and I think maybe the most important point was the fact that, you know, Philly didn't close out that game and maybe – you know, maybe we're getting a little bit of value here. And I think a lot of the times, you know, the sports books, and I, I fall in line with them with not respecting Philly. I feel like Philly, in a sense, you know, is just more of a, of a regular season type team. And their, uh, you know, their future odds, you know, reflect more of what who they kind of are in a sense. And if you look at the playoff odds, like they're, I think right now they're like the third team in the East to go ahead and uh, represent the East. Where you know it's kind of crazy when you when you look at the you know look at the standings or they're, they're the number one team in the East. So we might be getting some value there, you know, just within the line just for that. And then you know the last result, you know, with the Sixers, I do like the fact that you know you mentioned Simmons going to end up on Paul George, and I think that you know if, if Kawhi's not out there, you know, with an elite defender like Simmons on PG, you know, with the way that he's playing. I feel like there's a possibility that Paul George might go out there and still just try to do Paul George things and keep up, you know, the way that he's been playing, that there is a potential with that really tough matchup that he just simply could just shoot the Clippers, you know, right out of the game. And then 76ers will be able to go ahead and kind of focus on closing out. And you had brought up a really good point with Doc Rivers. Like if you watch that game where they were playing against the Nets, he was visibly upset, you know, with the transition defense. You're 100% right about that. 
you know, he was up, he was clapping, he was snapping his fingers at players, like, like, wonder what the hell is going on, putting his hands on his hips. And it's kind of a reminder, like, look, you know, even though we're going up against, you know, a bunch of, you know, bench players for the Nets, you know, these guys could come back on you if you're lazy. Now, what happens if we're going and we're playing, you know, a team with all their starters in there, Kyrie, KD, Harden? You know, what happens then? You know, we run the risk of losing games that, you know, that we should be winning, especially when we're winning comfortably. So I think Rivers probably got in their ear. And the fact that it ended up on the news the next day, it could have been a good story for Philly. And it turned it out, you know, to end up being kind of a negative story after all was said and done. But that's what I'll go ahead and do there. With the 76ers, the fact that Jay Smooth put some whipped cream and, and cherries on top of that one. I'll go ahead and I'll like the Sixers here, uh, guys. I'll go ahead. I'll play them at minus the two and a half. Next game we'll cover here. We'll cover the Knicks at the Mavericks. Mavs are going to be minus five here at home. We have no total on this game. Jay Smooth, you have a pick in this one. I agree with it. What are you going with Knicks Mavericks? I like the Knicks. I'm going to grab the points. I think it opened up at five, uh, down to four and a half. Or open up at five and a half. Down to four and a half right now, so I'll grab the points with the Knicks. I think this is a nice revenge spot for the Knicks. You know, these teams played not too long ago, uh, back on the second, and in, in New York, and Dallas won by thirteen on on the Knicks' home floor. And the Knicks, you know, only was able to score eighty six points. You know, with their their three most important uh, offensive players and Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and Derrick Rose combined to go nine of forty one from the field. And you know, I don't think that that'll happen again. I think you'll get better performances from those three guys, especially with Julius Randle uh, being an all-star. And this is also like a homecoming game for him, uh, returning back to Dallas, uh, the Dallas area where he you know grew up. So I think he's going to play a lot better. The Knicks, they've been playing really, really good basketball as of late. It might be only five and five straight up on their last 10 games, but they're seven and three against the spread, one in their last four. And, you know, like I said, you know, with a coach like Tom Thibodeau, you know, he doesn't, you know, uh, let go of, you know, how, you know, bad they played against the team in the previous matchup. So they'll come out. I think they'll come out. They'll be, you know, ready to go from the tip and mentioning a little bit about the Mavs. Uh, I think they're coming off a game, you know, where I think they're going to be a little bit flat in this spot. You know, they played a really good first half against the Grizzlies in their last one. But in the second half, they needed, you know, everything they got everything they had to, to fight off the Grizzlies, but they was trying to come back and get that wins. And it took a a, a crazy, you know, Doncic uh, floater from the three-point line, you know, to get the win at the buzzer. So I think motions could be running a little bit high, you know, still off of that game. And, you know, they could, you know, come out and be a little bit flat against the Knicks. And I think this is also a favorable spot for the Knicks in Dallas. You know, their last seven games, they're six and one against the spread. Um, in Dallas. So I'm going to take the Knicks with the points. And I would also look to put a little bit on the money line for the Knicks to get the upset win as well. I do like that Knicks money line. That's, you know, that's ballsy. But I think that, you know, everything that you mentioned kind of puts you, I mean, if you're betting a dog, you know, if you're taking the points, you always, you know, you kind of always want to have that feeling that they can win the game outright because then it just makes, you know, you taking the points. Uh, feel so much better and so much stronger of a play. Now, I'll agree with you here. You know, you mentioned a ton of stuff there, Smooth, and I'll kind of just read through my handicap. Now, I feel like the Knicks are are playing well right now. You know, it's another true test for them, you know, playing the Mavs team. You know, and they're playing well, too. I feel like the Knicks do have a situational spot advantage here. 
you know, once this road game's over for New York, they're going to end up playing six straight home games. The next road game for the Knicks, it's not going to come until May the 2nd, and that'll be actually against Houston. So, you know, over like the next six, seven games, they're only going to play like two winning teams. So, you know, if they can knock a win out here, go back home, you know, they're going to be home for quite some time, as I had mentioned. You know, there's a bunch of more games that they can go ahead and stack up some wins. You know, the Knicks, they're going to try to avoid, you know, that playing game, I believe, at all costs. You know, right now sitting in the sixth seed. And the Mavs, you know, they're coming off of that epic win that you talked about with Luka. You know, it's it's probably going to end up being a flat spot here. But the Mavs, you know, over the next 10 games, and this one being included in there, I mean, I think we should probably include the Knicks in here. Uh, they just have a ton of bad teams that they're going to play. I would say if you take every team in the NBA over their next 10 games, nobody is going to compare to the Mavs schedule as far as just bad teams. Um, they're going to rip off a ton of wins here that I have for the Mavericks. I do think, you know, with that and the big win, that they do probably breathe a little bit of fresh air. And as you had mentioned, you know, the Knicks, they do have revenge in this game. You know, the last time these teams played, the Knicks were in a back-to-back situation, and he had mentioned the shooting. Derrick Rose was just 1 for 10. Julius Randle just 5 for 12. R.J. Barrett was 3 for 11. And quickly, you know, he was 2 for 9. Typically, the you know, the Knicks as a group, they're not going to shoot that bad. So I think not only does the situation favor them here, and we have the revenge. The Knicks are right now on a little bit of a hot streak, and I feel like you know that they'll they'll be motivated to have a much better game, and they're going to keep the gas pedal down here. You know, as they sit in the sixth seed, I don't believe you know that there's any way you know then that the Knicks just simply shoot that bad uh, as they did the last time these teams matched up. So the plus five uh, for me is fine here. I think these teams are are pretty close to, I would say, pretty close to even on a neutral. So I have a feeling like the Mavs are being overvalued here. Most notably, probably because it's Luka, it will be a primetime game. And, you know, there was a lot of noise circling the Mavs in their win the other night in that epic comeback buzzer beater there uh, for Luka. So I'll I'll be with you here, uh, smooth with the Knicks at the – I'll I'll grab the plus five. There are some plus fives out there, plus four and a half. So make sure you guys go ahead and get get the best number. Uh, is there anything else moving in the NBA? Any any kind of newsy, anything newsy going on that we can cover before we close this out? The other big news, you know, coming out of the NBA is uh, recently, you know, Zach Levine is going to be out for at least maybe ten days due to quarantine. So I think that could hurt uh, hurt their chances for a little bit uh, trying to get into the playoffs. Of course, you want to bring up the Bulls again, as I gave out. Uh, uh, I would say maybe one of my worst picks of the year. Uh, the fact they're laying like nine and a half points, they got they got blown out in that one. You know, when it comes to Levine, I, I feel like, you know, at least you and I kind of agreed that he's the best player on a team. And if he's going to miss four or five games, you know, currently with, you know, where they're sitting in the standings right now, you know, that's a team that can't really afford any type of, you know, bad news or injuries. They're, they're sitting in the 10th seed right now uh, with a team like Toronto right behind them at 16 and a half games back. Washington sitting at 16 and a half games back and we've seen what the Wizards have been doing you know with Russ and Beal like this could be you know this could be the kind of a I don't want to say you know the straw that broke the camel's back for Chicago but you know the fact that they've lost four in a row you know you're going up against a terrible team in Orlando I don't know man if they can go ahead and continue to win you know games and look they're probably going to end up having let me take a look here and see how many games they have. Because if Levine's going to end up missing 10 games, you know, they lost four. Uh, let's go through here. They got Memphis. 
Uh, that was actually a game we had talked about. But they're in a back-to-back. They got Cleveland, Boston, Cleveland again, Charlotte. So that'll be, you know, over the, over a 10 That's actually over a very short period of time. Smooth. That's only over the next, like, six days. They're going to play four games in six days. This is not the time to, to lose a player like Levine. I don't know how you necessarily feel about them, you know, going into tomorrow's game against Memphis. But, you know, the fact that they're going to be on a back-to-back, I worry about Chicago right now. I, I don't like the fact that they're losing games against, you know, losing games against Orlando, Memphis, Minnesota, Atlanta. Um, it's, they're not exactly, you know, the cream of the crop teams there. And they're getting blown out. I mean, they got beat by 11 against Memphis. We should talk about that Memphis game, um, you know, blown out by 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 Atlanta by 12. Um, they got blown out again by, I wouldn't want to say blown out against Orlando, but lost by nine points at Orlando. Yeah, I have concerns right now for Chicago. Um, so I don't know how you feel about Levine, but man, I'll tell you what, if he's going to miss five or six games, I mean, that could simply crush them with the way that the Wizards and the teams, you know, behind them are playing. I know Toronto, um, they're going to rest a ton of people tomorrow. So it looks like, you know, they might be, you know, just waving the white flag in the season, which I think is a mistake for that team. But um, that's kind of my thoughts, just, you know, kind of just roughly. What do you think? Yeah, I was even before this matchup uh, when they had Levine in the lineup um, ever since they traded for Vucevic, you know, I thought that was a really good move for them, especially uh, for their future, um, you know, looking down uh, past, you know, looking past this season, but even, you know, the rest of this season and trying to to solidify a spot to get into the playoffs. But uh, for whatever reason, the chemistry just hasn't been there, you know, in the, you know, since they traded for Vucevic and, um, you know, just their their, their last uh, handful of games, you know, against the Hawks when Zach Levine went crazy and scored 40 points in the first half. You know, they still lost that game, um, you know, laying nine. You know, I hate to keep bringing this up because you gave it out, <laughs> but laying nine to the Magic um, at home and, you know, losing outright to the Magic, who's a team that's, you know, tanking and, you know, trying to get, you know, a, a top four pick or the number one pick. And that was with Levine in the lineup, you know, and he's been their best player all season, um, you know, all-star, obviously. So with him being out for, you know, the next 10 days, like you mentioned, missing four to six games or so, uh, I think that's going to be uh, pretty tough for them to overcome. And, you know, their next game, you know, uh, coming up without him tomorrow against the Grizzlies, a team that's, you know, going to be motivated to come out there and get a win. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna handle that. Uh, something that just keeps me away from that game is just the line in, in terms of you know where it's at. You know, seeing where it's opened up as a pick to where it's been at two and a half, somewhere it's at four. Um, but I do think the Grizzlies could, you know, are going to come out and take care of their business against a Bulls team that's going to be without, you know, not only their best player but one of the better guards, you know, so far in the, uh, in the league uh, this season. Yeah, I would lean maybe towards Memphis. You know, the fact that you brought up, you know, the Magic, they're going to end up playing, you know, the Raptors. And and, the, and I, lo- I was thinking about maybe looking at the Raptors. But, you know, I think that, you know, a team like Toronto, like they're opening up a can of worms, not only for themselves, but, you know, the entire league. The fact that, you know, that they're sitting right now currently what and like currently sitting in the 11th seed right now, uh, just one game back from being able to play in the playing game. And the Raptors are going to go ahead and move, and they're going to turn around, and they're going to rest pretty much every starter that they have. Uh, Lowry's not going to play. Siakam's not going to play. Ananobi's not going to play. And they're citing it because of rest. Well, 
I mean, how does that make any sense that you're, you're only, you know, 50, 55 games into the season, you know, you're contending for a potential playing game and the, the NBA, they wanted to make it, you know, more interesting with the, the playing games to give, you know, let's just say a team like, you know, the Pacers or the Raptors or, or somebody like the Spurs or the Pelicans, you know, a chance to go ahead and get in there um, because, you know, they just, it, they make things more interesting, but no, the fact that the team like that just taking their foot off the gas and just simply resting players, I believe that the NBA is going to take a hard look next season at, you know, kind of like reprimanding teams and reprimanding players, you know, for simply not playing. And I think the Nets probably threw a big wrench into that too. Now, look, you could cite, you know, that this guy's injured or that's, you know, injuries happen. I get that. But I think the rest factor thing, um, you're only going to be allowed to do that so much, I think, next season. The NBA has to put an end to, you know, where a team legitimately could make the playoffs and they're simply just going to rest a bunch of guys, um, you know, over and over and over again. You're going to take out your whole starting lineup. So uh, I do think we'll see some changes in that. You know, these TV companies, you know, and, and these advertisers, you know, they're paying a lot of money to get these games on there, um, you know, Unfortunately, we haven't been able to go ahead and inspect these games live because of the limited capacity. But how would you feel if, you know, you get tickets on Christmas Day and you're all excited because, you know, you're going to go see, you know, Steph Curry play and this guy play and that guy play. And you go to the game and it's all oh, Draymond Green's out there with uh, with with Kelly Oubre. It was like, man, kind of, you know, Christmas present kind of lost a little bit of value. Um, I just have a feeling like the NBA has to do something to kind of fix it. Uh, whether they need to shorten the season or, you know, they make it where, you know, you can only have, you know, a certain amount of rest days for a player, which they'll end up, you know, citing injury for every guy um, to get around it. But they do have to do something in, in a sense to go ahead and try to fix, you know, guys just going ahead, sitting out and being sat down just for, for rest for, you know, basically no reason um, when they can go out there and win win a game. So I don't know how you feel about that, but we'll close it up with that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I just see it from you know both sides, uh, from from both sides. Um, talking about the league and and the players. Obviously, the league wants their best players out there on the floor, um, you know, in their league. But also the players, um, even if they are sitting down for rest, I think it's just a different day and age, to where you know in this era, guys aren't just going to go out there and just you know play you know eighty two games. As, or play as much as possible like they did, you know, back in the day because of all the, the new science and technology in terms of telling you, you need, you know, you need rest for your body that it could, um, you know, prolong these guys' careers. And also just from this the standpoint from this season, you know, even though it's going on um, and they're getting the 72-game season in, you know, this back half of the season, you know, it's the most games that they've crammed into any, you know, one period of time because they're trying to meet a deadline to get this season over with to have the next season start on time. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of injuries um, to a lot of key players, you know, most recently Jamal Murray, um, you know, uh, he's the one that comes to mind. One of the young stars in the game is going to be out the rest of this year and going into next year. So guys are, you know, doing the best that they can to try to prevent that as well as play as many games you know, as they possibly can, but, um, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an issue that's been, you know, um, you know, for the league for, you know, the last couple of years or so, but I, I, 
understand it more so, you know, this year than any other year, just for how many games that they're cramming in, you know, this, uh, this back half of the season, you know, there's a lot of teams playing, you know, three games in four night situations, back to back situations. And then, you know, the hardest part of the season is coming up around the corner with, you know, 15, 18 games left in the playoffs. So you want to be as fresh and, and as healthy as you can be, you know, going into that, you know, when the most eyes are going to be on the product, you know, for a playoff basketball. So um, I just think that um, the league and the players at some point in time, uh, probably more sooner than later, are going to come together. And I think the only conclusion that I can come up with is, you know, once the season, you know, gets back to the regular, you know, to the regular schedule next season, I would, you know, suggest to extend the season and, and eliminate the back-to-back so you can get more, you know, rest in for guys. So, and, um, you know, they won't have to, you know, sit out games because typically not even just this year, but going back to the last couple of years, whenever I've seen a team playing their third game in four nights and the second night is on the back-to-back, almost eight from anywhere from 70 to 85% of the time, one or two of those key players from those teams are going to miss that game. So it's just all about, you know, playing a bunch of games, you know, in a short period of time to try to avoid, uh, to, to try to avoid injuries as much as you can. You know, people are listening to, to science and saying that, you know, you need rest in this era. And, you know, you got to think about it. Like if you want to see guys like Steph Curry and, Kevin Durant and a LeBron James and a Jamal Murray and all these, you know, elite players, you know, we want to see these guys as healthy as possible, especially coming into the playoffs. So um, we don't want to lose, you know, we don't want to lose players, period, but to lose them, you know, in the regular season, you know, you don't have to prove any, to me, they don't have to prove anything. You know, I'd much rather see these guys healthy at their best, but I also understand, you know, the league wanting to, you know, see their, you know, their top players, in the game as much as possible, especially, you know, not just sitting out if they don't have any significant injury. So I think it's something that they got to address, like you mentioned, you know, coming up soon. But uh, I do understand both sides of it. Yeah, I feel like maybe, you know, maybe the last two years just kind of put a stink on it. And, you know, there's really nothing that the players could have done, you know, to go ahead and and probably, you know, have have the last two years go really any smoother. I mean, it was – you know, it was just a, a, a daunting challenge, you know, for, for everybody, you know, to even go ahead and go out there and, and, and play these games. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I just worry a little bit. Like, I think, like, honestly, if if you asked, the, you know, the Jordan Bulls or the Showtime Lakers to play, you know, some of these teams today, um, that those teams would just simply just get destroyed, um, you know, against those, those particular teams. Like, I know it's a different era and everything like that, but I just – I worry about, you know – going out there and just playing, you know, back-to-back games, playing defense, playing tough each and every night. Um, guys play 82 games. Like, I just worry that, you know, that the league is is getting, you know, it's getting soft um, and, and guys just resting. I don't know. I just feel like they they, they do need to, to go ahead and make some type of a change, and I do think that we'll, uh, we'll see that. But you do make some really good points there. Smooth. Uh, but that'll wrap up the podcast, guys. So we give you guys what we give out there, two picks. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play the 76ers. I like that. Smooth, he likes the Knicks. Uh, I agree with him on that. And uh, I feel like we'll go 2-0 on this particular podcast. Uh, as always, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us both on Twitter. You guys can get me at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Smooth at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both at the best sports betting 
information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Friday. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the games.